Hey there, Richard Tubb here. Thanks for joining me in another episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. I am joined today by Matt Jarrett of Sunderland UK-based Damtech. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Very good indeed. Now, I feel as though I should be waving to you. You're like relatively just down the road from me. For for anybody not familiar with the northeast of England, how far away are Sunderland and where I am in Newcastle-upon-Tyne? I would say, depending whereabouts, probably 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, half an hour. I, we really should have done this in person over instead of over Zoom, shouldn't we? But there we, we go. Done, really. It's the times that we live in. <laughs> so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Damtech, but before we do, I know you've got an extensive background as a network technician and as an administrator. So what, what made you take the leap from uh, working for other people into starting your own business? Um, I left university we started in 2009 so i had left university uh the other director darren he uh was made redundant because 2009 was sort of right in the middle of financial crisis credit crunch all that um and uh, he was made redundant i'd i'd left and we sort of thought well what do we do now the job market wasn't great um and a local business center was running uh, sort of a promotion for people that had been made redundant, where you got a package for 12 months to sort of start up yourself. So we thought, well, you know, we might as well give it a go. There's, there's no harm in trying. So we thought, well, we'll give it 12 months, see, see what happens. And here we are 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good go. How do you compare the the role of being a business owner or co-owner within the business with with being a network administrator? Um, a, a lot of the sort of business administration side is not done by me. That's not my forte. I'm not good at that side of stuff. Um, so I focus on sort of a lot of the technical stuff, um, and Darren deals with a lot of the business administration. The business that, focus. We sort of fit well. That that was his role in his in his previous employer. So we sort of fit nicely. Yeah, sounds like you've got a good partnership going on there. Well, to to have lasted this long, <laughs> well, we're definitely doing job. something right. I think definitely, yeah. So back in the day when you used to manage networks as a, as a technician, you know, looking after one network at a time, or maybe a couple of three networks, must be a big big change from now being a managed service provider, multi tenanted, and just having so many different client networks to look after. Um, yes and no. Everybody obviously runs their their sort of their setup and their systems in a way that suits them best. Uh, the majority of our clients are uh, small businesses, some of them very small businesses. Um, we find that niche works well for us. So what we tend to find is, although we are dealing with a lot of people, there is a lot of similarity in, in what we do. And we tend to find what we do for one, we do for all. Yeah. So other than the the sort of the, specific things that the client might need um a lot of the time it's it's, it's very similar yeah and you mentioned you work with uh, predominantly with small businesses in the northeast have you found uh, that matt that there's a type of client that you work with or uh is dare i say like a niche is it do you work with professional services or is it does it tend to be all types of businesses we we look after anybody and everybody we've got uh estate agents we've got uh solicitors we've got financial advisors, a lot of services. Uh, we've got um, metal fabricators. We've got a few charities. We've got a, a real mix, which I which I like because it means that my day is never the same. 
Yeah. And even sort of different parts of the day, the morning might be totally different to the afternoon. And, and I like that. It keeps it interesting. Yeah. Is there any type of client that you would say no to? Or is there any red flags when you're having a sales conversation? You think, hmm, this might not be a good fit for us. Um, no, not really. No. Yeah. Uh, we tend to stick to the, the smaller side. Um, if it's a larger business, we tend to find because our business is quite small, um, we find that larger businesses might need, you know, a bit more of a of a larger support company behind them. Yeah. Um, but anything goes really, because yeah. any any kind of business, no matter what you're doing, you need some level of IT. Everybody needs, you know, a, a computer of some description. They all need email and things like that. So we yeah. we tend to fit in quite well with with most sectors, I would say. Yeah. So you know uh when you come across a business that's got slightly larger requirements, that's the sort of thing that you would pass on and uh yes. and stick to the smaller end of the market. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. I've got to ask as well, Matt, the name Dam Tech, D-A-M Tech, where did that come from? Uh, it's our names, it's it's Darren and Matt. Darren and Matt. I thought it was, but I could Which is why it's, it's capitalized when you see it, the D and M are capitalized. I did. Yeah. I took a guess at it, but I wanted to get to the bottom of it. So, yeah. <laughs> what sort of uh, services do you typically offer to businesses in the Northeast then? Everything. Uh, we once we once joked and we used to say to people, if it's got a plug on the end, we will look after it. Um, <laughs> I would say we're probably, you could cast it as a hybrid MSP, I suppose, because we do the regular MSP things, you know, the, the cloud services, the VoIP services, things like that. But... Because again, we're we're predominantly small business aimed at. Um, our clients might need us for all sorts of things. Cabling, they might need advice for you know CCTV. They might need literally anything. Yeah. So we will do most most jobs really. Yeah. So do you think you've reached the stage after twelve years of being what most MSPs sort of aspire to be, which is that trusted advisor uh, role where your clients come to you for everything? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Literally everything. Even, you know, we get people ringing us asking us for advice on what TV package to go for. And it's like, <laughs> mm, might not be quite our forte, but you know, because you work in technology, you have an interest in technology. So you pick things up even from a personal side. So, you know, I, I'm happy to have a chat with, with people about most things. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm a former MSP owner and um, I tell the story that when we achieved what I believe to be that trusted advisor status with some of our clients, we used to get phone calls about stuff that was nothing at all to do with IT yes, um, as absolutely. well. as you know. So we had a phone call the once from a client asking us if we could recommend any plumbers, <laughs> which, but I think it speaks, doesn't it, to the level of trust that they, uh, that clients, uh, that you build up with clients and clients have with you. Absolutely. We have a, uh a fantastic relationship with our clients and i we don't like to be the kind of support company where uh we never see anybody face to face obviously a lot of the things we can do uh we can do remotely and that's a big help especially in the last 18 months that's been a big help um but what what we hear from our clients is they don't like the support whereby you don't know who you're talking to and you never see anybody's face so i make i make a conscious effort to go out and and see clients um and i think they like that but also they know that because we have such a, a broad range of customers if somebody needs some kind of service elsewhere we've had that quite a lot where they come and ask us and say exactly like that you know do you know anybody that can do xyz 
most of the time we probably do or we'll know somebody that knows somebody yeah it's an interesting situation because it's little to do with it isn't it but it's everything to do with the value they get from you as an msp Absolutely. so a good lesson for everybody listening uh, i've got to say uh, it was our mutual friends at uh, geocom who first introduced uh, you and i matt uh, I, i've got to say the guys at geocom absolutely love you that you've got to be one of their uh, favorite partners in the uk they speak <laughs> so highly uh, of you uh, how long have you been a, a geocom partner uh, I had 2016, I believe, is when we started using them. Um, we uh, used to use a different distributor and uh, we didn't get on well with them. Mm. Uh, and it just so happened you got the usual sort of, you know, email lands from somebody at Geocom that says, hey, let's have a chat. Let's let's see what you think. Um, so we we started using them and, yeah, never looked back. Yeah. What what made you choose Geocom over other? I mean, we used the word there, distributor, didn't we? Which is probably um, more of a traditional word for what Geocom do. I would, yes. They're probably much more than that. They're more like a cloud solution provider, a cloud service provider, or a cloud workspace. But what made you choose Geocom over the? Because there is a lot of choice in the market. There is, uh, and it's definitely not price related because everybody's prices are very sort of similar they have to be um but what we found was their portal was a lot easier to use uh we found that it was a lot more responsive so when we were adding licenses onto a client's account we found that those licenses applied much quicker than than others that we'd used um we had a, an, an account manager that we could contact uh, previously it got to a point whereby we didn't know who our account manager was with, with other ones. And, uh, it, it was a nightmare when you tried to get hold of somebody. Now, I think I've had, uh, maybe two account managers in the whole time we've been with them and it's much easier to get hold of somebody. And, and when you've got questions that you can actually know there's a person to speak to. Yeah. I, I was thinking actually while you were saying earlier on how you've built up the business um, with Damtech in your local area in Sunderland and in the Northeast there, and how people do business with you because they know you, they like yes. you, they trust you, you know, and I, I think a lot of people listening to this will absolutely understand that. So for the benefit of uh, anybody, perhaps even outside of the UK, who are not familiar with Geocom, uh, they are uh, a cloud marketplace, uh, what we used to call in the day a distributor. Uh, that's probably not, not an accurate word anymore, uh, but they are a company that a lot of MSPs in the UK go to uh, for cloud services, uh, similar to Matt and the team at uh, Damtech there. But again, it, it's really interesting to hear you say that you work with them because you've got Simon as an account manager, human beings that you can talk yes. to when we are in that world of self-service, aren't we? But we still need a, a human to, to speak to over the other end of a phone when we need to. And, and ask advice. They, they have a lot of, they have, they've got quite a wide product range. So when we've got a client that needs a, sp a specific need or a specific tool, um, and there's maybe two or three products that they offer that might fit that, uh, it's somebody to ask, you know, to say, right, okay, for, for this need, which of these things might be best? Um, and obviously, you know, you can do research and documentation, but I tend to find it's much easier just to, to pick up the phone or fire an email at somebody and get a response. Yeah, it's almost like a concierge service for the mind, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> we've got we've uh, got limited time as MSPs. There are there are other things that we need to spend our time on. So having somebody to answer those questions is good. What type of uh, solutions do you go to Geocom for? Um, 
Microsoft 365 is a big one. Yeah. Um, uh, and sort of services related to that. So backup and um, security and sort of spam filters and things like that. Um, they do a bundle for uh, 365, which they call 365 Secure, mm. which gives you sort of the the 365 licenses. But alongside that, it gives you uh, a backup with Acronis and it gives you um, sort of mail security with a product called Vade. And it means all of that's bundled into one package, one price to give to a customer rather than saying, oh, well, it's this price for this, this price for this, this price for this. Yeah. Especially with our clients, because they they haven't got the time to be flipping through uh, quotes and proposals and things like that. They just want to know, this is how many I want and this is how much it's going to cost me. Yeah, I know the uh, the marketing team at Geocom are going to uh, give you and I a, a slap the back of the head for, for mentioning the word bundle uh, <laughs> for pulling those services together. But they're not here, so we'll we'll put up with that another time. How do you present uh, M365 Secure? So you've got Vage, you've got, uh, is it Acronis? Acronis uh, Backup. That's, uh, yeah. Acronis Backup and, of course, Microsoft 365. How do you then present... Uh, that solution to your clients. Do you rebrand it as uh, Damtech related, or do you go in with M three six five secure? No, no, we we call we call it what they call it. So we literally pitch it to customers as as it's pitched to us. So we tell them, you know, uh, you get the standard three six five suite, and then for uh, you know not much more actually, you get uh, backup and your your mail security involved in that as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people will think with 365 when you've got the likes of OneDrive and stuff like that and you're saving files into it, they think that's a backup. And in some cases it is, some cases it's not, depending on what's happened. Um, so having that extra layer of, of safety, I suppose, for, for a client is, is great for them. Yeah, I, I think it's a really smart move on uh, Geocom's part uh, to put this together as M365 Secure because, as you say, I speak to so many, so many MSPs. When we talk about um, email uh, security, when we talk about backup, all of these uh, different things, they say, oh, well, I speak to the clients, and the clients say, well, isn't that included with Microsoft? And, of course, you and I, Matt, both know it is to a degree, yes. but not a very high degree. So how do you find using, you know, Vade and Acronis? Uh, where has that saved you time? Uh, because everything is sort of integrated by Geocom. So you go in and you pick the license. Um, if a client has 365 and wants to switch it to 365 secure, it's just a one button process. It goes off and creates the Acronis account for you it goes off and creates the vid account for you there's a little bit of config on our part to to get them all up and running but very little time and then it just sits and works itself um and you know we we can give our clients access to that we've got some clients that that are very hands-on they like to be in charge of their own stuff so they can get access to that and and look through it and restore things if they want to we've got other clients that literally don't want any interest at all and they leave that to us and the the portal is very easy to use and it you know it it's great for us to just get in and do that for them yeah and i've done for, for the benefit of listeners who want to see more of this not just hear about it i've done uh, some video demos with uh, geocom around the cloud portal and it really is an impressive uh, solution i've got to ask the question you know if you've come across 
clients who have already got a solution in place. It might be M365, it might be something else. How do you find migrating those clients into uh, the M365 secure platform? Is it easy to upgrade existing licenses? Uh, if if the client's tenant is already through us through GCOM, it's yeah. just one button. You press one button and it and it does it for you. If uh, the client's tenant is with an so if it's a new customer that's coming to us that already has 365 uh, there's a you know a little bit more involved but but not a great deal more you just choose the secure licenses rather than the standard ones yeah yeah and how have you found uh, in terms of lowering your cost of support as well as it saved you any uh, headaches with clients uh, it's definitely saved a few headaches when people have rang in a panic and said, uh, oh, I've, uh, you know, I had a folder that's disappeared all by itself because it's always all by itself. It's always, it's always by itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's done it all by itself. Uh, and they like the fact that within a matter of minutes, you know, we'd say, right, when did you last see the folder? Da, 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 and and you, you click one click restore. It asks you where you want to restore it. I generally put it somewhere else so they can check through it. And then they're over the moon and they're relieved because, you know, they've, they've got that data back. Yeah, as opposed to, I guess, the alternative solution that I remember. I mean, I'm old enough, Matt, to remember BPOS, the Business Productivity Online uh, Suite, which was the early precursor to uh, uh, to Microsoft. Um, we called it something different to uh, to BPOS, or, uh, but I won't go into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we needed to do restores and that, it was a nightmare because it was technically possible, but there was a lot of uh, heartache and effort actually went into doing that. So I can imagine that's a, it's a real, you know, you don't have to worry asking why things went wrong, just that you can restore the data. You can do it. Yeah. But even like when, you know, when we started 365 wasn't a thing. So we had clients that, you know, they had uh, on-site file servers and then, you know, if somebody had overwritten something or somebody had deleted something, it was like, right, okay, you need to go and find the right, you know, tape or the right cartridge to restore from. And then you, it, it was just a, a laborious process. Yeah. And now too, you know, in a matter of minutes, you've got those files back. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask what, what would you say the split is now between your clients who are still using on-premise uh, equipment and that obviously we're not talking uh, PCs, everybody's going to have a network and PCs, but we're talking about servers versus the cloud. What would you say the split is sort of percentage wise in your business? I would say 90, maybe even 95% of our clients no longer have on-site sort of servers and things like that. Yeah. I, which is not at all uncommon now for progressive MSPs, just to say. There's many MSPs who are still holding on to yeah. the old ways of doing yeah. things, but client is, and it, was it because clients demanded that? A bit of both. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I go back to the size of our clients. When when you've got an office that's maybe only got you know four or five people in, when they needed a new server, and you're looking at you know, several thousand pounds, depending on what, what that server needed to do. That was a fair chunk out of their sort of, you know, their cash flow. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of maintenance and a lot of work on our part that goes into that as well. So um, it, it was kind of mutual. We, you know, clients are happy to move on to 365. It gives them extra things that they wouldn't have if they didn't have it. Um, but also it makes our life much easier. So we we gently nudge them in that direction. Yeah, and I think I would agree with you. Most uh, small businesses I speak to, if it's a choice between making a big capital expenditure on a new server every you know three to five to seven years, 
or whether getting a monthly fee, you know, or an annual fee for paying for things uh, from an operating expenditure perspective, they nearly always go down that route. Of course, but there are some exceptions on the matter. You know, some people yes. need on site, but for the most part, cloud feels like a better fit for the majority. Yeah, we've got we've got some that that ha- still have a server for various sort of in-house, you know, products or software that they're using that's not yet cloud-based. But I would say you could probably count on one hand how many people that would be. Yeah, yeah. I know you're a big fan of the Microsoft stack, uh, Microsoft 365 we talked about. I've heard you talk about Microsoft lists before and other solutions. What would you say is the thing that you like most about the Microsoft cloud offerings right now? Because there's been a lot of changes recently. There is a lot of changes. And sometimes you feel a bit sort of like you're trying to play catch up. Yeah. getting used to, to what they're adding. Uh, I, I, to me, I love the fact that everything is integrated. Everything is sort of, you know, especially when you've got things like single sign-on with 365, everybody just needs just the one username and password to get into it. So they're not having to remember what's the password for this, what's the password for that. Um, we're not having numerous amounts of sort of charges. You know, we pay for this product, we pay for this product, we right. pay for this product. It's it's all integrated. Uh, we've got a, a client who is multi-site. So we use uh, Azure to uh, authenticate with their computers. And they love the fact that they can just wander into any branch. doesn't have to be their usual one. They can sit down, same username and password. Their desktop appears, their email appears, all of their shared folders appear. And that to me is it, it's a game changer for businesses. Yeah. You mentioned security there. When it comes to data security, it's a really hot topic uh, for MSPs right now. Are there any steps that you take to make sure that your client's data is secure in the cloud? Uh, two-factor authentication obviously is a big one that's a big hot topic at the minute as well i think yeah um so all of the sort of the services and the tools that we use uh are all you know utilize things like that um uh, password managers obviously is a good one and one that we sort of push out to to clients as well we you know suggest to there's nothing worse than when you go in and it's like right what's the password for this what's and there's always the same password over and over and you say oh no um and you know it it takes a lot you can understand where people come from needing just you know the need for one password because it's it's much easier for them and and i i get that and appreciate that but obviously it's not the best so so we push that out uh and we're sort of on a rolling program at the moment to sort of persuade clients to roll out uh, two-factor authentication to all of their staff. Uh, you do get a bit of resistance from that, but it's easily overcome, I think. Yeah. What what resistance do you get? Is it, it you know, it's just an irritation or they, they just want to do things the way they've always done things? Uh, a, a bit of both. Some people, um, they don't feel like they want to use their personal phone for, you know, uh, authentication for yeah. a work for a work thing uh and i get that but obviously you know there's ways around that with uh you know like secure keys and things like that so it, it's it's a bit of retraining as well and you when you've got some people that have, have done the same job for you know a long time and they they're used to doing it a certain way and suddenly they're interrupted by this sort of extra authentication method it, it can be a bit jarring for them but um they soon overcome it yeah. How do you help educate them to, you know, the the perils of not using 2FA? Because, you know, even though you deal with small businesses, 
every business is a target for these cyber criminals now. Nobody's exempt from it. So uh, how do you educate them that, yeah, you could be a target? Um, a lot of training, a lot of talking to people. Yeah. Because obviously people, you know, you hear on the news all the time of people that have fallen foul of things and, and sent money places and, and, and things like that. Um, and what we tend to find a lot with uh, 365 users is they're targeted quite a lot with phishing emails to collect credentials and things like that. So people will know of somebody that's had their email account, you know, hacked and sent out. So everybody's come across that. Everybody's received those emails. Um, so they're aware of it. Um, there are tools, Geocom have a tool, or they work with a, a company called Usecure, which is great for that, that can send out, um, you can set up campaigns that you can send out your own phishing emails to clients and, and sort of see how they react to it, see if anybody falls for it. And then you can sort of pinpoint those people directly and say, look, this is, this is what to look out for. You know, this is how you would have done this differently. But we also just say to clients, if you get an email and you don't know, you know, whether it's legitimate or not, just send it, you know, just, just show us it or send us a copy of it. And, and we can, we can have a look at it for you. I am quite happy to click on suspicious links on behalf of people to see what, what happens. <laughs> yeah, in a in a, a secure environment, we should say. Not yes. just oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I'm intrigued, Matt. The the phishing training that you talked about, you secure and that, which is I see lots of MSPs now uh utilizing that. It's a really good training method. How do people react when you speak to them after they've done dare, dare I say the wrong thing? If they've clicked on a link in a phishing simulation that you've sent out, how do you delicately broach the subject of, hmm, that wasn't a good idea? Uh, the beauty with this one is it tells them at the point that they've done it. So it's not me that has to sort of catch them off guard and say, hey, you clicked on that link and you shouldn't have. Because if, I feel if it was that way around, they would be very defensive. It's, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't, and even though you've sort of got the, the demonstration of it. Um, but I think people are afraid it's the wrong word, but you know, people are wary about things and they know it happens and, and they don't want it to happen to them. So what we tend to find is when we do have that conversation with people, they're very willing to take on what we tell them because they, they would they would rather it be a, a demo that they've fallen for, that we've been able to catch it rather than the real thing. Yeah. And again, I would say from the outside looking in, Matt, you've built up that that trust with them as well. So they know you're not trying to make a fall out of them. You're just trying to, to, to keep them safe, which is, I guess, another reason why Usecure works so well for you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, Matt, one of the reasons that I wanted to speak with you is I get a lot of feedback uh, here on the uh, on Tub Talk, on the show, from people saying, oh, you, you interview big companies and, you know, all sorts of people who focus on niching in certain verticals and all of this jazz. As we've established, Matt, you know, you're a, a two-man shop based out of the northeast of England, you work very successfully with small businesses close to you, but also you're effectively a one-stop shop. So clients come to you with anything with a plug on the end of, or perhaps anything not with a plug, and ask you for, for help with it. One of the services that I know that you've offered or do offer is voice over IP. Um, is there a specific technology that you recommend here to, to clients? How does VoIP work for you? Uh, I would say nothing specific. Um, the provider that we work with for uh, our VoIP services, are, they're great. It's a very 
flexible product that that we offer um which is handy for clients because you know again because of the mix of the clients we've got whether they want just a regular desk phone whether they want something that can walk about with whether they want it on their mobile phone because they're not office based whether they want a soft phone it 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 doesn't matter and the beauty of voip is it's so flexible that it, it it fits in every sort of scenario um, you can make the system as big or as small as you want. If you want to look like you're a, a big company with option menus and hold music and all that kind of exciting stuff, you can do. If you basically just want your phone to ring, it can do that. And, and that's what we like about it. And the fact that it's so flexible is you can change that on the fly. Are any clients that you speak to about VoIP sort of surprised that an IT company is doing telecoms or is it I guess it's a given within the IT industry that we've had that convergence, but do clients still find it surprising? I think some do. I I think even though we sort of, you know, we advertise it and promote it, some people don't think to to speak to their IT company about their their VoIP system. Um, I think that's changing more so, obviously, traditionally with, with, with a telephone, you, it was very sort of, right, we need a telephone, so you need a socket on the wall. You know, an engineer will come and do that. It's a telecoms company that, that deals with that. Um, because it's now obviously internet-based and things like that, people tend to associate the two together. Um, and and so what we find is a lot more people will come to us to ask the questions. But we do have some that, that yeah, that, that they don't think that we would do that because we're computer-based, not telephone-based. Yeah. I know a number of MSPs, perhaps even ones who are listening to this, experience occasionally the frustration of uh, a client will phone them up and say, hey, we've got an engineer here with the new photocopier and he wants the administrator username and password or something along those lines. And then the MSP will say, well, you know, we we could have done that for you. And the, the client will say, oh, I didn't realize you did that. Do you ever, um, uh, being a one-stop shop, how do you go around making sure that your clients know that you can help them with just about anything? Um. We utilize the email signatures quite a bit, which sounds okay. like a daft thing, but um, you know everybody's seen sort of the email signatures with with banners in telling you X, Y, and Z. Um, we we change that up quite a bit uh, and change what we advertise in that. Uh, we used to do things like you know email um, sort of newsletters and and things like that. What we tend to find is that that most of them, because you know everybody, you get inundated with newsletters and things yeah. like that, and they get lost in the noise. Whereas when people are emailing us for particular things, they're always seeing our email signatures, so we we use that quite a lot to advertise uh, information to people that we think they might find useful. That's very cool. Is there a specific email signature product you use? Uh, we use Exclaimer. Yep. Again, through Geocom. Through Geocom. <laughs> this is um, why you're their favorite part of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it, 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 it's, it's handy for us um, because, you know, when you, when you want to make a change to it, you log into it, you update one signature and it updates it for everybody instantly. So, uh, you know, again, we've got a lot of clients that, that use that as well. And, and they mainly because they've seen us do it. So we change the banner quite a bit and people will will mention it and they'll ask or they'll they've got a nice signature but they can't make it work on their mobile devices so how you know how do we do that so then it introduces that product 
Yeah, very interesting. I know on your website as well, I wanted to ask you about this. You offer a number of free services to local businesses as well, which I thought was very, very cool. You've got a broadband speed test on there, password generator, even a VAT calculator. All very cool. Where did you come across these ideas and how? why did you start to decide to offer them for free to people? Those are tools that uh, we developed in-house for us to use to start with. Um, and, uh, you know, then we've, we've had clients that we've sort of offered it to them and just said, you know, they've got frustrated with something. So, um, we've sort of, you know, installed it on their computer and then we're sort of spread a little bit. So I thought, well, you know, we'll put it on the website. If, if people want it, it's there and they can go and install it. Yeah. It's very cool. Have you found that you've picked up any new clients as a result of those free tools? Uh, I, I, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I um, but nobody looks badly on you for giving stuff away for free. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not sure the VAT calculator is perhaps as useful as it as it once was. It was created at a time when you know VAT rates kept changing constantly, and and people didn't know how to calculate it. Nowadays, you know, there's a lot more sort of online accounts packages that will do that for you. So. That might not be as useful nowadays, but it's there if people want it. Well, don't put yourself down. One of the things that's throwing about your website is, you know, I think more uh, MSPs could take a look at your website and uh, for inspiration because uh, giving away those free tools is a very, very cool way to uh, to go around building uh, likability and trust in your local community as well. So. Matt, this has been fascinating to speak to you. Thanks so much for taking time out your day. I used to be an MSP, so I know how busy you get on a day-to-day basis. So I really appreciate you taking an hour at the day to, to speak to us today. If anybody listening to this wanted to contact you to continue the conversation, how can they find you online? Uh, our website, or uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, or, you know, Damtech has a, a page on, on Facebook or Twitter. Just, just reach out to one of those. Yeah. What's the website URL? Uh, www.damtech.it. Damtech.it. You're also on Twitter as well, because I know you and I have exchanged uh, tweets before. What's your Twitter address? Uh, it, it's Matty, Matty J. So M4TTY underscore J. No worries. We will include all of that in the show notes so people can, uh, can find you and reach out. Matt, this has been an absolute pleasure. I hope I can pop down and actually see you and Darren in the offices at some point in the very near future, if you will have me. Absolutely. Yes, anytime. <laughs> Welcome anytime. Matt, thanks for your time today. That's all we've got time for this episode of Tub Talk. I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary 
library of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's gogo.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.